All right, everybody. Thank you for jumping on with us to our Jumpstart podcast. Um, we do this podcast every single week. Our goal is to get an active guest on here who's actually going out there serving families, saving agents, and helping people, and talk to them generally about what they're doing from a sales perspective, going out there meeting families, strategy, tact, um, approach, mindset, leads, the whole nine yards, and uncover some things that will help you out there in the field to become more of a consistent presence helping families. Um, today I got Kayla Rojo, who's basically the boss hog out of FFL Great Lakes, works alongside David Pyle inside the office and also works with families, helping families. So I wanted to to get you on here, Kayla, just to kind of get a feel for how you're doing what you're doing. But uh, the first question I have for you is how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you. And, um, you know, so walk us through it. I mean, you know, you uh, we've had you on as a guest before. You killed it. I wanted to get you back on. Thank so you. You're, you. You know, you're you're in the office, um, and you're uh, and you're also helping families. How are you managing that? What does it look like? What's the setup? And then, what are you doing? At, what are you doing inside the office? Okay. Um, so I have two small girls, um, and I'm a single mom. So I had to make sure that I had room to be able to get my oldest to school and back. So I run admin work Monday through Wednesday when really I, I take agent calls we in seven days a week, I'm always working, but like I focus on the computer and being in the office Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, I do on Wednesdays, it's pretty full of like Zoom trainings. I do a couple of those on Wednesdays with all brand new agents. And then like Monday and Tuesday, I'm working on my product knowledge. I'm updating our Google Drive. I'm making sure that all of our agents have everything they need to make sure they're up and running. Um, I spend a lot of time helping new agents figure out the portals, go through an e-app, stuff like that. We just want to make sure that they feel confident going in the home because the more confident they feel in the home, the better they're going to do. And then on Thursdays, I'm dialing for myself. I'll probably book about 15 appointments to run Friday through Sunday. And um, probably like five a day, I'll write between like eight to nine families um, on the weekend. And then I start again back on the admin on Monday. Got it. So, very interesting take. Let's talk about you um, helping agents right now. You know, obviously, okay. we're helping agents with this with this podcast, and you know, you have a, an approach to that. What is your general approach? How many calls are you doing a week on average, um, from a standpoint of, you know, group calls or zooms, and then. What are some of the things you're called upon to do to help agents in their position? Okay, so I probably do between six and seven Zoom trainings a week. Um, I do a larger one maybe twice. And then um, sometimes, you know, this is the best business because we can work with everybody's schedule. That's when I'll have to take on smaller ones. Um, I'm training on a lot of product knowledge and underwriting I go over, like, all of the charts. And then when they call me, they I'm their person of contact. After they filled out the financial inventory and re- got all the medications, they just call me like, hey, Kayla, I don't want to leave any stone unturned. 
Um, I want to make sure that I can find my client the best possible coverage. I was thinking X, Y, Z. Do you think that's accurate? And then we go through it together to figure out what the best fit for the family would be. Got it. So a lot of in-home troubleshooting, is that what I'm getting? Yes. Got it. And what do you think that brings from a value standpoint? Um, I think that having somebody like me helps a lot because a lot of times, you know, we're all running our own business and we want to get as many agents in here and making the same type of moves that we're making to help as many families as possible. And it's just not realistic that one upline or one mentor can take so many people's calls, right? So that's when agents start getting doubt is when like their upline is unaccessible, even if it's for five minutes, like it's, it's like you're a baby. You know what I mean? You're scared. So you're sitting in the house, you're probably sweating, like, oh my God, my, my upline isn't answering the phone. I don't know what product to write. So it, it keeps them from forming, (laughs) it keeps them from forming a wedge of doubt. So it makes them more successful. And then it's also learning from experience. So eventually um, we have a couple different mentors for people to call when they need help in the home. Got it. How do you set that up? How many people um, on that so, location? Uh huh. So I I have started with a couple people. I had a girl come from New York, um, and another one come from Jersey this week to kind of just shadow me and watch my role. Um, I go over the underwriting and the medications. Uh, Dave makes me laugh because he tells me, like, what did I do in a past life to know them so well that it scares him? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I was a doctor. But um, I just have a really (laughs) good memory. I have a really good memory, and I um, like to learn things. So the fact that I can take such a big thing and break it down smaller, it's a lot easier to teach the other agents so that they can do that same role. Say that part again. Um, the fact that I can, because like underwriting is a big, it's a big bite, right, um, of what we do. I want the agents to be able to focus on the sales. So if I can teach four or five other people by breaking that big bite down into smaller themes, it's a lot more retainable to them. Got it. Got it. So makes sense. All right. So you're obviously – um, a, a wizard on product knowledge, you know, when you, when you started, you said you had a really good memory. Um, how did you, how did you continue to get good at that? So I don't know if you noticed, but every time a new product guidebook is issued, you get an email from the carrier because these things mm-hmm. are like ever changing. So every time I get that, I just literally read it and, it gets easier because after you learn a carrier really well, I don't have to read the whole book. I know what changes have been made. Correct. Correct. It's just, it's, it's just seeing it. Yeah. And it's just, um, and the, the biggest thing about like FFL in general is there's nowhere, you're never going to hit your head on the ceiling. There's always more to learn. And that's kind of an achievement of mine is to continue to grow, to learn something new every day. So it fits into my personal goals as well. I love to sell. I love to sell. I love to help families. But the joy and, like, how happy I get when I see these little agents from getting writing numbers all the way to now they're helping 10 families a week, 
nothing can compare to that. Wow. That's amazing. So awesome. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the way you set up as an agent for success. What are some things you do from a lead standpoint, mindset standpoint, um, preparation standpoint, schedule standpoint to have mm-hmm. success? So I think that it's very important to follow the wheel. Um, one of my biggest themes is making my Thursday non-negotiable. Like it doesn't, I like to sometimes um, be like, I can't do this because I have my kids, but I have a really big village that's helping me. So it's not really an excuse. So my Thursdays have to be non-negotiable. I have to be in the office at 730 the night before I have to go to sleep early. I have to make sure that my mindset is right. I'm really good at home, but I'm not so smooth over the phone. So I have to make sure that my mind is prepared to go through the dial day and not want to give up halfway through. So I listen to a lot of affirmations. Um, I make sure that I work out the morning, like the morning that I go dial so that I wake up earlier because I don't want my first conversation to be with a client telling me, no, they're not interested. Um, And then for, I make sure that I utilize all of my time in the field because I am limited with how much time I can spend out there. That's specifically why I pick the weekends because if somebody's setting an appointment with you on on their Saturday or Sunday, they're 10 times less likely to no-show you. My no-show rates for Saturday and Sunday are very, very low. So it's really intentional. And once I leave my house, I don't allow myself. Um, Sometimes in the beginning, and I think that it's really easy to do, it's like, oh, well, I already helped two families. Like, I don't have any more appointments. I can just go home. But really, you shouldn't be allowing yourself to go home until you finish your door knocks and you exhausted your leave, especially you only have so many hours you can be in the field. Right, 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 right. Makes sense. So, you know, you have this approach to the field. Obviously, you're focused. How many appointments are you typically booking a week? Around 15. Got it. So part-time, 15. And is Friday as valuable as Saturday and Sunday? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. Like for me, my Saturday and Sundays, I leave my house by 8 a.m. And I drive, um, well, actually I'm at my first door by 8 a.m. because I like to work an hour and a half to two hours away. So I have mm-hmm. to be up and running super early to be able to um, be at my house by eight, be at a house by 8 a.m., whether it's my first appointment or I'm hitting a door knock. And I don't allow myself to leave until either 7 o'clock or my last appointment. Got it. Makes sense. Um, What are you doing for leads? I run some call-in mortgage protection. I love those. Um, So they just call. They get the postcard in the mail. They call in. They punch in some information. Every time I call, they know exactly what I'm talking about. They're pretty smooth to book. Um, and then I also run a lot of instants and then I like the direct mailers that are aged in the CRM as well. The ones with image. Got it. How many of you typically buying a, buying a week? Um, what, what are your, with that ratio, with those, with that diversity of leads, what do you typically have per count per week to kind of go out there and make it happen? So call-ins, I like to have, like, at least 40 of them. 
if I don't have 40 call-ins for the week, then I go inside of the CRM and I supplement with the direct mailers in that aspect. And then I like to have at least 50 instants. Really, I would prefer to have 100, but um, lead flow. I always say that once you up your lead flow, like there's no looking back. It's like you never did it. It's, you keep growing it and it's easier to put more on it. So um, if I can do 100 leads, uh, 100 instance and 40 of the mortgage protection, I'm booking like 15. I'm not that good on the phones. I'm really, you know, still trying to work on it. So I'm probably booking, like I said, 15, 15, maybe 17 appointments for the weekend. Got it. And something that really helped me with the phones was the live dials. I think it's really important to utilize that tool. Okay. Break that down. What is that? What is What are live dials and, how does that work? How does it flow? If I'm a new agent, what, what should I be looking for there? So your team or like either the bigger agency that you're connected to will have agents that you can just get on Zoom and they have a host. So that host is dialing for a set amount of hours. Um, I think it's like an hour and a half or two and then it rotates. If you get on a call and you're booking something, you're supposed to unmute yourself so that they can hear you book as well. Um, my team recently were coming up together to get um, a, a couple different hosts, but personally being held accountable, um, I get on there with my own downlines so that they can hear it and it makes me more accountable as well. Got it. So logging on, listening to people, um, if I'm a new agent, when do I start dialing on that live dial? right away day one mm -hmm. yeah and even if you're not dialing the first day you should be on there listening because you're able to learn from somebody else's experience no doubt no doubt and so take a lot of notes if you're happy sorry go ahead you go yeah i love it um having sticky notes and taking notes if you're not going to just it's not something you can test the waters and you can't dip in your toe you you got to just dive in head first so it's important that if you are going to listen to for like an hour or two hours take notes but there's no reason you should be sitting there watching all day you're wasting time you need to be dialing too so that you can get more experience that's awesome so that's setting up success not just for you but also for a lot of agents inside the agency and that are also looking to go out there and help families, yes? Yes. How many days a week is that dial, is that dial session? Um, Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays and Thursdays, got it. Mm -hmm. um, you're dealing with a lot of agents. So your most successful agents, how many appointments are they typically run in a week and how often how many how many appointments are they typically run in a week, and what time are they typically inside that dial session? Um, sometimes I have one lady who sometimes she's texting me because I didn't even start it yet. It's like seven forty-five. She's like, "Hey, are you getting on live dials?" Um, they're always early. The ones that are hungry, you could tell they're always in connection with me too. They're always like, "Hey." What videos can I watch? Is there anything you could recommend? They're always hungry for more knowledge. Um, they set, I want to say between like 25 and 30 appointments, they're absolutely running full time. 30 to 40 appointments. 
I said 30 to 40, 25 to 30. I'm sorry. Okay, 25 to 30 appointments. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a good number to succeed. 100 to 120 appointments a month. That's those are successful people. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, so I love that. And when you think about, you know, the actual in-home, going inside the home and your setup, your structure, what exactly are you putting in place? Talk to me. Break down your process from the time you drive up to the house. What are you, what are you doing there? So I learned something that's really important. As soon as you get out of your car, even if you feel a little stupid, wave, because they're probably, especially if you're dealing with the elderly, they're already looking out their window at you. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure that you carry that demeanor from the second you get out of your car. So I get out of the car. You've got to knock strong. Don't knock like tap, 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 tap. No, you want to show a little bit of authority. Um, When you walk in the house or when they open the door, I'm immediately wiping my feet. And it's snowy in Michigan, so I start taking my boots off. Um, And they're like, oh, no, you don't have to do that, or they tell me to take them off. On the way to the table, um, I try to pinpoint something to build a little bit of rapport. We sit down. I introduce myself. I tell them who I am. I explain how we're brokers. We're contracted with multiple different carriers so that we're able to not only find you something that you qualify for, but the most sustainable plan as well. And then I pull the credibility sheet out. That's a really big piece for me because it has the three different themes that we do. Um, at the bottom, so it kind of gets their wheels turning, and that's how I pull a lot of referrals. Um, So then I put that down, and I let them know I set the table. So they have me out here today to do um, three things. We're going to go through a worksheet. We're going to talk, like, three minutes about your finances because we want to make sure we put you in a program that you can sustain. Then we're going to talk a little bit about your medical. We'll probably spend about five minutes on that because we want to find you something that qualifies. Then lastly, we'll talk about two minutes about what you already may have in place. Um, Then I go through the financial inventory, and then I flip my paper over. At that point, I kind of know what I'm going to go with, but I still call Dave even though because that makes them seek. They're seeing that I'm seeking help to make sure that I get them the best possible coverage because that's the goal, right? So I call Dave. I do the whole, hey, don't want to leave any stone unturned. After that, I get really, really serious. Like I'm kind of smiley and giggly, bubbly <laughs> in the beginning, but then I get really, really serious. Um, I change my want, tone want, really low. Yeah. Got it. A re- really low. And I look at them and I tell them, so I typically run mortgage protection. So we've already talked their finances and all that, right? I flip the paper over. I draw two stick figures, and I draw each of their income, and then I cross out I cross out the husband. So let's say his name's Steve. And then I look at his wife. She's Sue. So, Sue, if you were to wake up tomorrow and Steve wasn't here, what would, what would that look like for you? And then Dan always, or Steve always tries to say something. I'm like, I'm, with all respect, you're not here you're not going to be able to give her advice on what to do. And then I switch my body position. (laughs) I make sure my arms aren't crossed and that my legs are like pointing toward the wife because then that shows her in body language. It's like psychiatry that you're open, like you're, it's more friendly, you know? So I make sure that I do that with my body and I almost always see the wife relax. And she's like, you know, I really, I really don't know. 
Um, so then I break down, usually um, I sit with people that are on like social security. I break down what it looks like when you lose your husband, what transfers over. Then I break down the bills so that she can really see like this is what you're going to have to pay for. Then from there, that's how I decide what type of um, death benefit needs to be put in place. And I show them numbers. I tell them now it's really important to find the why first and then ask them a probing question that makes them restate it to you at least two other ways. So that in their head, it's not, they're not looking at the numbers, they're looking at the value once you show them the numbers. So then I just get really quiet again and I tell them which, which option works best for you. And then I make sure after they pick one, I tell them, and I learned this from Dave, it's really good. Um, I tell them now, Sue, you're sure you guys are going to be able to afford that even if a tire blows or the furnace goes out because we want to make sure you can sustain this so that you can use the benefits. And then they'll usually look at each other and they'll say, okay, maybe we should go a little bit less or okay, yeah, no, we're sure this is good. And then I'm writing my app. Got it. Now, if they say, I want to think about it, what do you typically do? I tell them that um, I want to think about it as a fluke objection. Either A, it's about price, and I break down price really well, so I'm usually able to tell right away. Um, sometimes I think people genuinely want to think about it, but they don't need to think. I've already showed them. So I, I use the approach of, like, showing that it's, um, what's the word, urgent. I tell them, like, they only send me out here one time. I'm not going to come back again. So it's very important that we put this application in and see if you can get approved. We don't even know if you can get approved yet. We need to make sure the carrier will accept you. If you need to think about it after that and you have an approval, then you have something to think about. But if we don't have an approval, what are you really thinking about? Then what? Um, usually they get kind of quiet. I, most of the times when I can't close that, it's because I did something wrong in finding the why. Got it. So I didn't dig deep enough and find the why they need this protection and show them the value. And I sometimes have to dip back into rapport. Or sometimes I just simply can't close them. Okay. And it is what it is, right? You're not going to help right, everybody. Absolutely. You're helping as many families as you can. You're putting as much in position as possible to help families. Yeah, and that's what's really important as a new agent to know as well. Like, you're not going to close every single one. Like, you have to hit so many no's to hit a yes. It's it's a numbers game. No doubt. So last thing here is when you want, when you're trying to wrap up the sale, and help the client understand the value of what it is they bought and why it's important for them not to, or what your process is after the sale to make sure that policies stay on the books. What do, you, what do you do there? So I have, it's funny because I was just talking about this with one of my downlines. I have, she found this sheet, I think, with like FFL America, and it has you write your name, your NPN, um, the date the policy drafts, their policy number, and then it leaves a little space for notes. In that note section, I write one, two, three, and I tell them to write me the reasons why we established this today so that they can remember. 
that has helped a lot. And I leave them a business card. I don't really leave any brochures. Um, I don't like to carry all of that stuff with me. I have PDF files saved if they want to see them or then be emailed. But that I'm leaving them the credibility sheet, that form that I fill out, and a business card. All that, wrap it up, and the client feels good about it. And you're, you're able yeah, to protect them. They understand the value. Yes, and I ask them um, if they have any questions for me, of course, and let them know that they can always reach out to me, and I also ask for referrals. Love it. You ask for referrals. How many do you typically get, yeah. and then do you usually stack those on top of what you're doing? Yes, yes. So, like, when I'm doing my admin work, I would say, like, um, I just recently started getting really good about asking for referrals. Before, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Um, but through the week, when I'm, like, Tuesday and Wednesday, I do those, I can do referrals for my computer in the office. You know what I mean? I would say per weekend, I probably pull like between two and three referrals that are solid. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, you, you, you know, I appreciate what you do out there, you know, to help, you know, the entire agency of Great Lakes and it bleeds over into a lot of what Tri-State's doing and I appreciate your, your assistance here with what you do. You're a, you're a beast. Um, for the entire company, and um, you know you're really an ambassador for for your group and uh, and with what you and Dave are doing out there in, in Detroit. I'm actually looking forward to seeing you all next week, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, we're still making big things happen. 2022 is a big year. It's our year. I said a lot it a of lot momentum. Of yeah, absolutely. I said it a lot of times, but I think there's just something different about this year that it's gonna it's gonna get crazy. We're only in February and we're so close to a million a month. I know it's getting nuts. It's nuts. It's you really definitely hit a million a million in March. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Appreciate you and um looking forward to seeing and watching more great things from you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, Kayla. Kayla Rojo, NFL Great Lakes, holding it down. Let's make it a big week. God bless. Let's go out there and kill it. She gave some practical tips on how to grow your personal production. I appreciate you, Kayla. Take care.